So far, 260,000 doses from Taiwan's third AZ shipment have been distributed to local hospitals for use on frontline staff. Domestically made vaccines are expected to reach the market this summer to be administered alongside AZ and Moderna vaccines. There will likely be a diversity of vaccines available in the future, all sorts of vaccines. Now we're considering letting people choose the brand they get. Of course, being able to choose will lead to some inconvenience and some delays to inoculation due to stock limitations. Based on other countries' experience, getting vaccines administered as soon as possible is the better option. Taiwan reported 332 COVID cases and 13 COVID deaths on Tuesday. Among the new cases, 262 were local infections registered that day and 65 were retroactively added to previous day's counts. The government is under fire for being willing to fast-track the approval process for domestic COVID vaccines. Two made-in-Taiwan vaccines are in the pipeline and both may be fast-tracked for emergency use authorization, allowing them to roll out before starting Phase 3 trials. In response to critics who raised safety concerns, one vaccine maker said its Phase 2 safety trial was so large that it would qualify overseas as a Phase 3 trial. An infectious disease expert said that in extraordinary times, flexibility was needed to get life-saving vaccines out to market. In an exclusive interview with FTV, the former vice president said Medigen's COVID vaccine candidate is based on the same genetic foundation as the Moderna vaccine. We have a company here that is using the same subunits, the same genes as Moderna's vaccine. In other words, Moderna used them to make an mRNA vaccine and our company used them to make a protein vaccine. It takes more time for protein vaccines to get the cells in our bodies to produce antibody subunits, so it takes a longer time to make them. Medigen plans to submit its Phase 2 clinical report in early June and to apply for emergency use authorization in late June. That means the vaccines could be available as early as mid-July. Meanwhile, United Biomedical plans to submit its Phase 2 clinical trial results in mid-June and to obtain emergency use authorization in July. Its vaccine could launch as soon as August. On Tuesday, United Biomedical defended its vaccine against critics who said it had yet to complete Phase 2 testing. Typically, a foreign vaccine maker only needs to do a Phase 2 trial with 400 to 600 people. But the health ministry asked us to use 3,000 or 4,000 subjects in our Phase 2 trials. Internationally, that would be enough for Phase 2 and 3 trials. The coronavirus outbreak has spread suddenly and fast. We're equipping our arsenal as we're waging war. So I think that exceptions are to be made in certain circumstances. In the U.S., the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines also went down some roundabout paths. Experts say the situation calls for flexibility in vaccine regulations and that local vaccines are key to returning to normalcy. In a pandemic, wet markets can be a hotspot for viral spread. Over the past few days, local governments have rolled out restrictions to reduce crowding at traditional markets. One of the most widely used policies is an even-odd entry restriction that's based on the last digit of a shopper's national ID. Kaohsiung became the latest to institute the restriction on Tuesday.
Shoppers crowd at the entrance of this Kaohsiung market. Besides completing real name registration, they also have to show ID. Kaohsiung's even-odd entry policy started Tuesday, catching some patrons off guard. More than a thousand people were mobilized across the city to help police screen visitors. After a three-day trial, enforcement will become mandatory at markets on June 4th. I wouldn't say it's ineffective, but I think the effect is limited. Those who are careful will be careful. Those who aren't careful won't be careful, no matter what. You'll notice that the ones passing the disease around are the ones who can't stand to be lonely. Last Sunday, Jilong became first in the country to advise even-odd entry restrictions at its traditional markets, although it's yet to make the policy mandatory. Shortly after, the rule went up in Shinju, Taoyuan and Miaoli. The Taichung city government has also adopted the restriction, although it isn't writing fines for violators. I stopped by a few sunset markets yesterday and overall, everyone is cooperating very well. Taipei and New Taipei, the epicenter of the outbreak, have not followed suit with even odd crowd control. But starting June, Taipei is restricting all markets to one entry and exit and capping crowds at two-thirds capacity. All markets that sell fresh fruit must close at 4 p.m. Just look after yourself and don't cause harm to others. Don't go out of your way to put up annoying crowd control restrictions. Meanwhile, New Taipei has asked its 168 traditional markets to set up its own crowd control measures. In Jingshan District, a market is limiting crowds to 50 people. In Sanchong, restrictions are in place on the number of stalls. Markets that don't enforce their own protocols will be shut down, the government says. There is one market that produced a checklist some time ago yet was unable to enforce them to achieve proper crowd control. This is the Mingxiang market in Banqiao, which will be suspended for three days starting tomorrow. It will be able to reopen after it's made the required improvements. Traditional markets can get crowded, making it hard to maintain social distance. Local governments urge shoppers to be self-disciplined and abide by crowd control rules to prevent viral transmission. Street and market vendors have been added as a beneficiary of the cabinet's COVID bailout. As early as June 4th, they will be eligible for relief of $10,000 per month for up to three months. At one Taipei market, vendors welcome news of the bailout, saying COVID has had a devastating impact on business. Vendors at the market tout their wares, but the crowd this morning is much thinner than usual. Amid level 3 COVID restrictions and reports of confirmed cases frequenting wet markets, business is worse than ever. Some of the vendors have gone on a break. You might not get three customers a day. Out of the market's 131 stalls, there are now fewer than 50 stalls still doing business. It used to be that we sold 500 or 600 catties a day. Now we're selling about 100. It's not just our stall. Every stall is doing poorly. The vendors say it's lean times. Wary of ordering more stock than they can sell, many are selling off small amounts and then packing up early for the day. They're no longer making much income, and some are branching out into new products and sales channels. They cheer on news of a government bailout, 30,000 NT to self-employed workers, including vendors at markets. The bailout also grants 10,000 NT to farmers and fisheries workers, 30,000 NT to Class A fishing crew, and 30,000 NT to tour guides, taxi drivers, and coach bus drivers. 
drivers. For workers hard hit by the pandemic, the cash is welcome relief. If we could get the bailout, of course it would be great. It would be of some help. After all, it's not easy to do business in wet markets now and rents are expensive. It'll be of some help. I mean, we're already in this situation. There's not much we can do. Vendors say the bailout can't come soon enough. Those who received relief last year will get the new payment directly in their bank account. New applicants need to present their national ID, completed forms, and supporting documentation like proof of economic impact from COVID-19. In a small but attention-grabbing change, the U.S. has started issuing tax uh, exemption cards to Taiwanese diplomats through a different government entity. For about six months now, all new cards to Taiwan diplomats have been issued by the U.S. Department of State, which also handles cards for other countries' diplomatic missions. Previously, cards to Taiwan's diplomatic staff were handled by the American Institute in Taiwan. Taiwan-U.S. relations have warmed in recent years. In a shift that's taken place over the last six months, Taiwan diplomats have started getting tax exemption cards from the U.S. Department of State rather than the AIT. Regarding the U.S. Department of State's issuance of a new format of personal tax exemption card to our office personnel, this represents an internal adjustment of U.S. administrative operations. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs respects it and has no further comment. The Foreign Ministry confirmed that its diplomats were getting a new version of the card issued by the U.S. Department of State. Taiwan diplomats in the U.S. are exempt from tax on personal purchases in all 50 states. Per a Taiwan-U.S. agreement, they also have diplomatic immunity from civil and criminal proceedings. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs is pleased to see the U.S. Department of State further deepen Taiwan-U.S. relations in line with the Taiwan Relations Act and the spirit of the Taiwan-U.S. Agreement on Privileges, Exemptions and Immunities. In related news, U.S. lawmakers have introduced the Taiwan Diplomatic Review Act. The bill calls for renaming the Taipei Economic and Cultural Representative Office, changing it to the Taiwan Representative Office. Taiwan's foreign ministry thanked the bipartisan group of lawmakers for demonstrating their support for Taiwan. Well, parenting in a pandemic brings big challenges, and one is corralling kids who just want to be outside. Some try nagging, others put on Netflix. One Kaohsiung mom's solution was a cut above the rest. This hairstylist swings his shears like a ninja handling nunchucks. Snip, 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 and behold, his latest masterpiece. The top is bald and there are no bangs in front. A ring of hair is left above the ears and the back of the neck. This avuncular look is sure to turn heads. Guess the age of the lucky boy who's rocking it. The kid was 15 years old. He came over for a haircut and his mom and I got to talking. She said a kid loves getting up to no good outside of the house. She asked if I could give him a nice simple cut that would dissuade him from going out, one that would convince him to stay home. Due to the pandemic, a mother of a wandering teen wanted to keep him from meeting up with classmates. She brought him to a barber shop and asked the designer to give him a style he wouldn't want to flaunt in front of his friends. The stylist didn't think twice and with the help of a razor, transformed the youth into George Costanza. I picked up the electric razor, popped on the guard, and gave the whole top of the head a good mowing, shaving it clean so that he wouldn't dare go outside. After I did that, the kid's face got dark. His mom was laughing on the way out while the kid threw a fit. I don't think that kid will want to spend a lot of time outdoors anytime soon. A bad hairdo in a pandemic. This mom's not the only one who's tried it. Over in Thailand, 
a tearful little boy was photographed with his dad, who gave the boy a mortifying haircut to keep him from running out into the street. Amid COVID restrictions, these parents are pulling out the stops to keep their kids indoors. All the kids can do is hope their hair grows out by the time the pandemic ends. We're making more and more delivery orders while spending more time at home. Some handshake and drink stores say orders have doubled, but the waiting time for deliveries is growing too. Some delivery riders are giving up their work, concerned not to expose themselves to extra risk. The severity of the pandemic has got many of us into the habit of ordering things online, even food and drink. Recently, online orders reached a new high. I tested out what happens when I order a milk tea from a drink shop just five minutes drive away. It was more than half an hour before the delivery came. Drink shop employees told us it takes just two or three minutes to make handshake and drinks like these. But as the pandemic grows, we're staying indoors and delivery orders are increasing, meaning customers have to wait longer. People aren't going out much these days because most of our orders have switched to home delivery, whether our own delivery or delivery by a third-party platform. It must have more than doubled. That means much more work for delivery riders. As soon as one delivery is done, they rush back for the next one. Juggling lots of orders at once is the new normal. But delivery platforms say lots of delivery riders are taking a break now that the virus is spreading. That's a big reason for the longer waits. Most people are still used to ordering things or meals by delivery. Also, some of the riders are not working because of concerns about the pandemic. So the average number of orders coming to each delivery rider is increasing. There may be work aplenty, but with the virus spreading, riders are cautious. One shared with us his top trick for disinfecting pay. He sprays his banknotes with ethanol and dries them on a laundry rack. Coins are soaked in washing up liquid. Even in a pandemic, riders have got to pay the bills. Well, days of rain have brought more than 100 million tons of water to Taiwan's reservoirs. So far, Shimen Reservoir has been the biggest beneficiary. Forecasters say another plum rain front will arrive on Saturday, bringing a chance of torrential downpours in the west and northeast. But this front will be fast moving and move out to the Bashi Channel by Monday, taking the rains with it. The weather will remain unstable in its wake with strong intermittent showers in Hualien, Taidong and southern Taiwan, as well as mountainous areas of the northern half of the country.